0: Coming up next on the Varsity Journal Podcast. The idea of him bringing a championship to the city of Cleveland thus makes him the GOAT is the dumbest fucking argument I have ever heard for somebody claiming how great one player is. And he got all of this done because he, I guess, has been ratting out some people. Or he's now an informant. He's a spy. Uh, So... All that stuff aside, whether or not you think John Jones is, is on steroids, he's a snake. But who is attending the Ulster game? Eric Carlson. He's having a terrible beat. You know why he's attending? Because he's sexy. And he appeals to the fans. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode number 19 of the Varsity Journal. I am your host, Ryan Poirier. What's up everybody? We back up in this bitch. It's uh it's been a little while since my last episode, which was the Christmas special, which was a wild wild episode and uh and to the year of uh 2018. Um got a little hammered last episode. Uh listening back to that episode, I was cringing a little bit cuz I didn't realize how hard I was slurring, uh, but you know what, my boy Adam Zori, he was a great guest, um, and uh, yeah, it was fun, it was fun even though I cut him off a lot of times, and there was even points throughout that podcast where you could actually hear uh, me just clinking around alcohol, you could hear it in my glass over the mic, um, so yeah, that was, that, was, that was a little embarrassing to listen back to, but Hey, you know what, whatever man, uh, we're back and it's been a while um, since my last podcast so let me explain to you why it's been so long. Uh, at the very end of last episode, I um, announced that I would be coming out with a new website and I've been working like really hard on that website and I didn't expect that it was going to take this long, I expected that it might be you know, about a week week and a half following the last podcast and obviously it was a little longer than that but like I had said um it's gonna get done when it gets done but you know my original intent was to release the website with a podcast attached to it um but we will do that but uh it might not be for another week or so uh or another two weeks whatever however long it takes um to get this thing uh to get this thing going um So, what we are going to do now is I'm going to upload that website whenever it's done, whenever I get that done, whenever it's ready to launch, Um, and uh, we're going to do something special for that episode. Uh, There's going to be a lot of changes. I I might, you know, might be a live stream attached to it, Um, all rebranding for this podcast. We're going to have a new logo that's going to uh, go with the website the Varsity Journal website that I'm making. going to be a new intro song. And uh, yeah, there's lots of surprises. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about this uh, new website launching. Uh, now let me tell you, creating a website is extremely fucking difficult, especially if uh, you've never done it before. Um, you know, that's that's just simply, that's creating any website. It doesn't even have to be good. And if you want to create a good website, that's next to impossible. I'm trying to get mine to be good and I have spent so much time following tutorials and just following other people, testing out all different templates. Um, So if you ever do create a website, don't tell people that it's going to be done within a week. Uh, I Don't think that I said it was going to be done within a week, I said it's going to get done when it gets done. But even in my head, I thought that it wouldn't have necessarily taken as long as it has taken. But uh, the reason it is taking so long is because I want it to actually be good. Um, I'm trying to get this website to be something that's more than just a blog, because uh, no nobody would give a shit about that. Uh, I want this website to, you know, it's gonna have a lot of cool stuff on it, and it's you know it's gonna be more of like a like a news website uh, that you can actually go to, you know, if you want to catch up on things going on in the world of sports if you want to read movie reviews uh read news on you know current events listen to the podcasts uh there's going to be some freelance journalism stuff on there um so i'm excited uh and you know the thing is i'm going to actually be attaching my name to this thing so if i release it and it's a piece of shit then that's what everyone's going to see on the day of it launching and then they're going to be like well i don't want to read this piece of shit anymore. So I'm trying to, uh, you know, work super hard on this thing and it actually is starting to look pretty damn good. Um, the work that I've put towards it, it is, uh, it's, you know, it's not looking too bad. Um, but it might, uh, take another week or two or even longer, uh, for me to launch this thing. Um, and if anyone listening to this podcast is interested and writing for this website, or if you know somebody who might want to write for this website, uh, feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, looking for some more writers. So far, it's just me and me and my boy, and um, that's it. But you know, if you if you want to write a blog or whatever, um, I'm not picky. Uh, you can put it on the website for sure. Uh, because the varsity Journal, it's, it's going to be no joke, man. We're taking over 2019. Uh, we're taking over 2019, and this is the first podcast of 2019. Um, I've been away for a little bit, but you know what? There's a lot of shit that I want to talk about. And some of this might seem like old news, but trust me, it's worth worth listening to. Let me address, first of all, the comments made by LeBron James Claiming that he's the greatest of all time. I'm going to address this. Let me tell you, okay? I'm not a hater of LeBron James, okay? I, I used to be a huge hater. of Le- The only one that I will ever admit to, honestly, that I'm a hater of is Kevin Durant. And if you know me, you know how much I fucking load that guy. So that's the only one. Uh, if I ever talk about him, there's going to be extreme bias behind. LeBron James, I've grown to, to like him a little bit. I've grown to respect him for his talents. I'm not a LeBron James hater, okay? So, before I make these comments, I'm not hating on the guy, okay? What I have to say about him is not out of pure hatred and whatever. Um, The other thing is, uh, I'm not a basketball guy. So, let's be clear about that. But what I am is a sports fan. And I'm a big fan of legacies. I'm a big fan of people's legacies that they leave within sports I like comparing legacies of you know some of the greatest players of all time so before we get into that before we get into what I think about uh, LeBron let's just take a listen to the comments that he made I was like, that one right there made you the greatest player of all time. You know, was just like, all right, let's, let's move on from that. Uh, so, here's the thing. So, LeBron James believes that him returning to Cleveland and going through all of the hardship to bring that city a championship somehow makes him the GOAT. I got a problem with that. Okay? I'm not going to argue whether or not I believe LeBron James is the best player of all time or not. And, you know, whether or not I think that he could beat Jordan in that era. I'm not going to go there. But I'm going to say this. The idea of him bringing a championship to the city of Cleveland thus makes him the GOAT is the dumbest fucking argument I have ever heard for somebody claiming how great one player is. Especially for him to say that he's now the best to ever play the game because he brought Cleveland a championship. And I'll explain why. Like I said, I'm not even a basketball fan. I'm a fan of the stories, and I'm a fan of certain individuals' legacies and what they've done in their careers. That's the kind of shit that I know about. That's the knowledge that I have. And with that knowledge, I will tell you that LeBron's story as a legacy trumps in comparison to the story of, let's say, Isaiah Thomas. Okay, Isaiah Thomas bringing a championship to the city of Detroit. Isaiah Thomas, first of all, he never left the city of Detroit. He never tested out what it would be like for a former, he never tested out what it would be like to form a super team in a different city. Isaiah Thomas got drafted by Detroit. And then, for the next several years, people were touting him as maybe one of the greatest. One of the greatest guys in the league. They were putting him in the top 10, putting him in the top five, but he could never be the greatest. Even when people were nicknaming the Pistons the bad boys, they still couldn't overcome that Eastern Conference. Okay, Because what happened to them in the 80s is that Detroit kept running into a wall. They kept running into a wall that was formed by the New York Knicks and Patrick Ewing. And once they finally got over that hump, once they stopped losing in the first round of the playoffs, they ran into another wall. That was formed by the Boston Celtics. And Larry Bird. Kevin McHale and Bill Walton. They kept on losing to the Boston Celtics. And then the Pistons. They got over that hump. But this time they were running into something way. Way greater than anything they've been running into before. The Los Angeles Lakers in the finals. Magic Johnson. Kareem Abdul Jabbar and they lost they lost in 1988 but guess what did Isaiah Thomas did he jump ship then when he couldn't win the first finals of his career even when you know he, he gave it his his all he fought with all of his damn might just to get into that NBA Finals t- only to you know subsequently lose. No, he didn't. Absolutely not. Because the next two years in 1989 and 1990, they finally won. And Isaiah Thomas finally brought an NBA championship to the city of Detroit. In back-to-back years, he brought them back-to-back NBA championships. And guess what? He never left that city either. So who do you think has a better legacy of bringing a city a championship? Or bringing a team a championship? So what did LeBron James do? He formed a super team. And then he came back to the city of Cleveland. And granted, it was hell of a story, but LeBron James already got two championships with another team, with another city. And then he won Cleveland a championship. So he was trying to build his own legacy before he could bring a city their championship. But what about Isaiah Thomas? He had been with the same team for that same amount of time. And he w- and he lost way more times than LeBron James ever did with Cleveland. And talking about bringing a city a championship, what about Michael Jordan? He is undefeated in the NBA Finals. He brought the Bulls and the city of Chicago all six of their championships in the 90s. So because LeBron James brought one lousy fucking championship to Cleveland after jumping ship and leaving them for a couple years, that all of a sudden makes him the greatest greatest player of all time? That's fucking laughable. If LeBron James wants to consider himself the greatest of all time, and if people out there want to consider himself the greatest of all time, don't talk about his legacy because his legacy is fucking laughable. His legacy is a joke. His legacy is scrambled. His legacy is in Cleveland. His legacy is in Miami. Part of his legacy is getting booed and leaving that city of Cleveland. Part of his legacy is returning to the city of Cleveland. Now, part of his legacy is in Los Angeles. But if you want to talk about great stories and you think your story is so great that that somehow makes you the greatest of all time, it's laughable. All right, uh, talking about legacies, let's talk about John Jones. Uh, this is a story that I don't even want to ramble on about because I'm so damn sick of it, as I'm sure you guys are too. Uh Anyway, Jon Jones last week beat Alexander Gustafsson. Got his light heavyweight championship belt back. This was a rematch. Five years in the making. 2013, he fought Alexander Gustafsson at UFC 165 in Toronto. And that was the first UFC that I ever went to. Um, And let me tell you, that was the greatest sporting event I've ever went to as well. Jon Jones came in as a heavy, heavy favorite. Uh, it was like a plus 500 over Gustafson, maybe a plus 700. I don't know. Uh, Gustafson wasn't expected to do anything. Gustafson ends up coming out and, you know, really takes it to the champ. He's in the first round. He becomes the first person in MMA history to ever take John Jones to the ground. um, the fight ends up being back and forth. Uh, you know, both guys are bleeding by the end of it. And, you know, John Jones, he wins, but it is a very uh, close decision. And, uh, you know, a lot of people thought the judges had it wrong. But it did go to the judges, and um, that was largely because Alexander Gustafson, you know, just shocked the champ, shocked the world, and he put on a hell of a performance. Uh the fight that went down last week, however, um, wasn't nearly uh, as exciting. Um, you know, John Jones essentially destroyed Alexander Gustafsson and uh, got his belt back. Um, but not before uh, he actually got busted again by USADA, which is the UFC's uh, anti-doping agency. Um, they run all the drug tests, everything in the UFC, and... Caught John before, they caught him again. Um, But this time, uh, you know, John Jones, he was only found to have minimal traces of tyrannobolic steroids in his system. And the claim that was made by the UFC and Jeff Nowitzki, who is the head of um, the health and athletic performance uh, of UFC, he's the president of this I guess, the UFC's anti-doping agency. Um, The claim that they had made was that the traces in John Jones' system were so small that it wasn't actually enough to give him any leverage over his opponents. In fact, the tyrannibal that they found in John Jones was so small that they were referring to them as picograms. Um, So what had happened was Nevada said fuck this you know if it's found that john jones is actually taking steroids again then we're gonna get in shit and because nevada already they already have the information that's laid out ahead of them and if it's determined that there's something else going on because there's obviously there's there's something fishy with john jones then we're gonna get in shit. So we can't afford to put our license on the line and get fined for millions of dollars. Because what would happen is say John Jones say say it is found out later on that he has been taking steroids and those picograms, that was just a um uh you know, that was just the tip of the iceberg. And there was something else going on with John Jones. Then what happens is Alexander Gustafson sues Nevada, the Nevada State Athletic Commission, for sanctioning this fight. So Nevada's like, "Fuck this! We're not, we're not going to risk that type of fight." So what the UFC does is they move the entire card to Los Angeles because of one guy, because of John Jones. It costs them six million dollars, just because they they want. They've been advertising that this is John Jones' return. Um, so what the UFC was saying, the reason that John Jones is he has these small traces of Tyrannol in his system is because two and a half years ago he was popped for these dick pills that he was taking. You know, like boner pills. And I guess there was something in it, and everybody thought that he was using steroids came back that he wasn't using steroids uh there was just these fragments of this perf- estrogen blockers and it was because he was taking these dick pills so jeff Novitsky, who's the president of the health and performance at the ufc he came on joe rogan's podcast and he explained all of that and one of the craziest things that he explained that not a lot of people uh seem to be talking about was During all of this, during that entire explanation, he said one thing. He said, John Jones is an informant for USADA. He's an informant. So that essentially means that he's a rat. And John Jones was supposed to be suspended for four years, and his suspension got cut down to two and a half years. Because he's a rat, uh, if that John Jones is giving USADA information about. People he knows within the UFC or with within his training camp who are using steroids, and this is kind of like uh, in prison, I guess. If you know, if you're on your best behavior, they'll um, they'll release you. That's what happened to John Jones, and he got all of this done because he. I guess has been ratting out some people or he's now an informant. He's a spy. Uh, So all that stuff aside, whether or not you think John Jones is is on steroids, he's a snake. Um, And if there's anybody who who, uh, you shouldn't trust, it's probably the guy who's been popped for steroids before. He's been popped for cocaine before. Has. Ran into a pregnant lady's car. And then fled on foot. Only to come back two days later. And whatever was in his system. Was no longer in his system. John Jones is a bad person. And. Him being an informant for USADA. There's some fishy shit. Going on. Uh. All things aside, whether or not you think he's a cheater, whether or not you think he actually has taken steroids before, there's something going on. And here's the thing. There's a reason why John Jones keeps getting in trouble. You take a look at all the other champions in the UFC, nobody's getting in trouble. Nobody else is supposedly taking dick pills or getting caught by USADA. It's all John Jones. You know, whether you think he has bad luck or whatever... Only happens to him, and with all of this being said, there's there's some questions. Even if John Jones is on roids, he could still be the greatest fighter of all time. You look at the you you look at how he methodically picked apart Alexander Gustafsson. That is fighter IQ. That is somebody who knows range and. Is a tremendous boxer. That's not somebody. That's not anything that steroids can do. He didn't defeat Alex. He didn't ultimately defeat Alexander Gustafson by power, and that's what steroids would would give John Jones. But he defeated Alexander Gustafson by by his using his vision and and his his ability to create a game game plan. That outsmarted Alexander Gustafson. Uh, and if you saw you compare the second fight to the first fight, you know, John Jones he, he didn't get his he didn't he wasn't as close to Gustafson. He um he circled to a different side than Gustafson. Everything that John Jones did to win that fight last last Saturday was methodical and it was a very strategic game plan. So, the question is, why the fuck does he need to be on these drugs? Why does he keep getting pop for taking steroids? Why would he be taking steroids when he doesn't need to? Does it matter that he's taking steroids? I think it does. I, I don't think that John Jones should get special treatment, but he clearly, clearly is. Um, will this taint his legacy? I don't know, uh, but I don't think that it will be very long before something happens to John Jones again. Because that's just the way who he is as a person. Uh, I don't like John Jones. I think he's a bad person. These are all valid questions. But at the end of the day, he might very well be the greatest fighter of all time. But again, we talk about legacy. And you look at his legacy and it's uh, it's pretty shady. Especially now that he is a informant for USADA. Anyways, let's move on from that. Uh, The NHL All-Star Game is coming up. And why the hell are players being penalized for missing the All-Star Game this year? Because this is some straight-up corruption, and I'll tell you why. I wouldn't have said this two years ago when it was still up in the air for whether or not NHL players would be allowed to compete in the Olympics, but now I am. And ever since the NHL began disallowing players from competing in the Olympics, they have crossed that line, and they have removed themselves From any line of trust and loyalty to the game of hockey. Hockey in the Olympics was a staple to national competition at the highest level. And the NHL ruled against it for their own selfish reasoning. They didn't want players to get hurt and they didn't want to sacrifice losing money for that two-week time frame that the Olympic tournament takes place. Instead, they gave us this bullshit tournament with made-up teams like North America and Team Europe comprised of NHL players under the age of 25. And this tournament went on during the offseason. So it never even crossed the NHL schedule. And this was supposed to be a substitute for Olympic hockey. But guess what? The sheep bought in. And they loved it. Every game was sold out. Stadiums were packed. People donned their red and white, draped themselves with our country's flag. And they actually believed that we had won that tournament. And they believed that by us winning that tournament, it made us the best country in the world. But guess what? It didn't. You know why? Because I know for a fact that if any other country were to have won, I would say, no, this is a made-up tournament with fake countries, so this tournament doesn't even count. And you know what the dumbest part of that world championship tournament was? The finals was the best 2-3 out of game. I remember watching the finals, not by choice. And I thought that we had won the whole thing, because I thought that was the final game. And then they weren't celebrating, so I was like, what the hell is happening? And it turned out that it was because the final game would be decided by a best 2 out of 3 game. In what fucking world does a sport game, a sports game come down to the best 2 out of 3? This isn't rock, paper, scissors. It's hockey. And I can't think of one fucking sport that determines the final game by best two out of fucking three. So fuck you, Gary Batman, and fuck you, NHL. The tournament was garbage, and I didn't watch a second of it. Unless I was at a bar and I was forced into it against my will. Kind of sounds like I was sexually assaulted by the NHL. So when they did this, they lost a loyalty bond that they had with their fans. I'll still watch the NHL... But from now on, anything that the NHL does, I'm not on board with. And I will be skeptical of it. Like this All-Star game, for instance. Alexander Ovechkin, who was one of the main leaders in saying that if the NHL bans me from playing in the Olympics, then I will do it anyways. And if they want to find me, then so be it. And what does the NHL end up doing? They decided that if anyone wants to cross them, then they will be issuing out suspensions. So now, Ovechkin is saying, fuck the All-Star game. I'm going to take a break instead. And the NHL has the audacity to say that they will be suspending him for a game. Is the All-Star game, let me ask you this, is the All-Star game in place for the sole purpose of high-skilled competition for the best players in the NHL to compete in? Hell no. Nobody gives a fuck about the All-Star game. And this has been a known fact for a very long time. So, why do they think that they can just hand out these suspensions at will? I'll tell you why. Money. Ovechkin is one of the most skilled players in the world. So, they don't want there to be a precedence set in place by the players that they can just skip out on the All-Star Game. But guess what? The All-Star Game is bullshit, and nobody cares about it anyway. The system is an absolute hack because it's determined by fan votes. And they can select a player from every division... One player from every division, Mark Giordano, who is having a career year with 39 points, he's a plus 29 in plus minus, he won't be attending the All-Star Game because of this voting system and how it's set up. But who is attending the All-Star Game? Eric Carlson, who's having a terrible year. You know why he's attending? Because he's sexy and he appeals to the fans. Go fuck yourself. Another guy who's getting penalized for missing the All-Star Game. It's Carey Price. And guess what? You took a gold medal, NHL. You took a gold medal from Carey Price, you slimy fucks. In 2014, Carey Price led Team Canada to a gold medal. And he damn well would have done it again in 2018. But instead, the NHL took that from him, and they took that from Canada. And they gave it to the Russians. Who, by the way, weren't even called Team Russia. They were called Team OAR, Olympic athletes from Russia. Because Russia was banned from the Olympics. You know why? Because everyone was on steroids. I'm disgusted by the NHL. And I hope that nobody watches the All-Star Game this year. And if you're listening to this podcast and you watch the All-Star Game, send me your coordinates because we're going to meet up and have a little scrap. Anyways. Yesterday the Eagles beat... The Bears, 16-15, came down to a final kick from Cody Parkey. And Cody Parkey, it appeared that he had nailed the upright and then the crossbar. But what the commentators missed was that kick was actually blocked. So, in large part, this loss shouldn't be blamed on Cody Parkey. It should be blamed on the the O-line special teams for the Chicago Bears. And there's a video right now online that Barstool Sports had obviously uh, retweeted, and I will post it to this podcast. And it's of this kid beating the shit out of his roommate's door. Hey, get anger management if you're going to beat the shit out of a door. Uh, tonight is the national championship game, and I'm going to go watch that. We got the Crimson Tide taking on the Clemson Tigers for, the, I think, the third time in four years. Uh, Tua Tego Viola, quarterback of the Crimson Tide, probably should have won the Heisman this year. Uh, he came in last year to replace Jalen Hurts, and he led the Crimson Tide to a remarkable comeback over the Georgia Bulldogs. And that game was fucked. It was truly, truly an amazing game. And, uh, you know, I haven't watched too much college football this year, but uh, I'll be damned if I miss this game tonight. Um, but what I have watched from college football this year was mostly just Alabama games. And uh, Alabama's always fun to watch because they are the best team in college football by a landslide. And I think that they beat Clemson tonight, but I think that Clemson keeps it close. Uh, Clemson's defense is incredible and Farrell, defensive end for the Tigers. Guy is a beast, six foot five, and he might go to the 49ers next year. He might get taken second overall. Uh, I hope San Fran keeps an eye on this guy. So I'm going to be keeping on that dude tonight. Uh, the game should be wild. Um, that's about it, everybody. That's all I got for you. Um, keep an eye out for that website that's going to be coming out sometime this month. Thank you for tuning in. As always, thank you for listening. Peace.